You're listening to the Thriving Mom Podcast. I'm life and nutrition coach Ume Uguta, and I'm here to help you create the motherhood of your dreams without sacrificing your health and well-being. On this podcast, we dive into mindset, strategy, and skills that will help you stop surviving and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Hello, 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 thriving listeners. Welcome to another podcast episode. I've got a treat for you today. We're going to geek out a bit because I'm trying something new on the podcast. We're going to talk about something that I call evidence paradox, which is a term that I coined from data paradox. I'll explain what data paradox is in a moment, but I wanted to lead with that because as I've been leaning more into the work that I'm doing, who I'm becoming, and the impact that I want to have on women, on moms in the world, I realized that there's a whole side of me that people don't know about. (laughs) And I used to think this wasn't relevant, but now I'm starting to think it, it is. And that is a whole side of my career, my nine to five, and other things that I do outside of coaching. Because I want this podcast to be a space where, not just for moms, even though that's my primary audience, but I want you to be able to see yourself in the stories that are being talked about here. I want to be able to expand the lens that we're looking at thriving in life. So I'm going to start weaving stories from my career and other experiences into the podcast episode. I'm really excited to try it out and would love to hear what you think about it. Okay, so let's talk about evidence paradox. So throughout my career, I've worked in research, I've worked in health, I've also worked in education. And it's interesting that a lot of my roles have always revolved around auditing, evaluating, and reporting. As you can imagine, I deal quite a lot with interpreting data, writing, making sure data is usable, whether it's in a report or some kind of knowledge translation maybe like an infographic or a presentation. And one thing I always try to do is to be clear on what kind of data I'm being asked to collect and to report on. And I've worked in organizations with people where they just collect data. And when you ask them why they collected it, they have no clue. It's almost like they just think because there's information out there, they want to gather as much as they can. And then They don't have any plan for what they want to use it for. They don't have any plan for how to even interpret and use that. And I mean, we could go on a whole tangent about ethics and standards implication of that. But I share this because there is a paradox that exists when you think about data, right? So when you have too much data collected for various reasons, and then it's not usable or it's used improperly. And then on the other end of that spectrum, you have too little data that's not relevant to use. Now you might be wondering, why does this matter? And I just want you to stick with me for a sec. It's going to make so much sense once I get through this. It matters because companies, organizations, they always want to talk about how their decisions are data-driven, right? Kind of low-key saying you should listen to us and you should hear what we're saying and you should do what we're saying you should do because there's evidence to support what we're saying. And unfortunately, especially in the world that we live in, so many of us don't spend the time to really look at the evidence. I'm using evidence here in quote that's being presented to us because sometimes 
it's not as straightforward as we think and it doesn't even support what they're saying. You can see this a lot when it comes to the diet industry. So in essence, data is useless if it's not relevant for the problem that you're trying to solve, if it's not relevant for your scenario or your situation. And let's bring this to the context of coaching and personal development. So one thing I noticed is that a lot of us, when we're deciding to make a change, we tend to focus way more than we need on evidence for why we cannot do what we want to do. And this is not surprising because we're so used to the stories maybe in our past, maybe things that we've seen, maybe things that people have told us, that our brain will always want to go in the past to find evidence. And the paradox is that most times, the evidence, the data, is not useful. It's not relevant for the goal that you're trying to achieve and who you are becoming. And the thing about this being a paradox is because you think, If I have all this evidence, why should I believe that I can change? Why should I believe that it's possible for me to be a different person when I have all of this evidence that I've gathered for decades? When I have all of this evidence that the world is telling me? When I have all of this evidence that people have told me over and over again? So we claim that as our identity rather than thinking, well, if I'm trying to make a change, it means there's somebody that I'm becoming. So if you're trying to make a change, stop gathering evidence for why you cannot make that change, especially if it's not relevant or useful, which is most times it's not. And I also want you to know that this is completely normal. It's normal for you to think this way because our human brains are wired to conserve energy. And why would your brain want to work hard to think about who you could possibly be when it has decades of evidence to show you that you can't change? So it's going to conserve energy and it's just going to say, well, let's just focus. We know how this always turns out, but you don't. Every new opportunity for change is an opportunity for you to become somebody that you've never been before. Unless you choose to depend on the old data and then you just keep repeating your results. And I want to say our brains are really good at doing this, right? Because when it conserves energy, it's trying to keep you safe so we don't die. And wanting to change is not safe for you. (laughs) Your brain is going to fight you because that's not safe. Now, so many of you are good at this. And I want you to know that it's important for you to recognize when you're doing this and be onto your brain. Not from like a mean place, but just to get curious about it and start to work with how you can change that. There's no need to fight or argue. Your awareness is enough. It's what you do with that awareness that is key to either you staying in that cycle of feeling stuck or moving forward. So I'm going to use an example to explain. Let's say two people buy a course on how to write a cover letter. Person A goes through the course, still feels like they're stuck at writing their cover letter. Rather than widening their scope to have a bigger picture of what the real issue could be, right? Because they're trying to be this person who knows how to write a cover letter. They might blame the course creator. They might also think, well, I'm just not smart enough to apply for jobs that require a cover letter, right? I'm not good at writing. I've always been terrible at writing. And then what happens is that they start to pay attention and apply for only jobs that don't require a cover letter. Now let's look at person B. Person B goes through the same course, still feels like they suck at writing, but rather than draw a conclusion, They pause and ask themselves, what could the real issue be here? 
They might get curious and ask why they still suck at writing the cover letter. They might share that letter with someone else for feedback just to be sure, right? They might also notice that maybe they're a bit scared because it's a new experience for them and it would suck if their application got rejected. And then noticing all of this then helps them ask more questions and then it might lead them to maybe write a few more letters just for practice before actually applying to jobs that they want. Now, who do you think has a better chance of getting good at writing cover letters and possibly a job that they really want? Let's just assume they're both capable and smart people, maybe even have similar strengths and abilities, but one person chose to use evidence, data against themselves because they focused on what feels and looks familiar. Now, I know we're talking about cover letter and applying for jobs, but I also want you to apply this to your own life. Notice how this scenario plays out. Maybe you're not trying to write a cover letter. Maybe you're trying to sleep better. Maybe you're trying to stay organized or have healthy boundaries or work on feeling worthy. Maybe heal your relationship with food and your body. Whatever it is, notice how you're using evidence against yourself. Evidence that's no longer relevant to who you're becoming. And notice how that's keeping you from the life that you really want. So if we go back to using data, there are standards and rules and best practices around handling data. And often these are developed, you know, to ensure that complex factors that might impact the data have been taken into consideration before drawing conclusions, right? So sometimes you might have some kind of report you want to write and you want to pull multiple sources of data, not just follow one, because that makes the evidence stronger. And I want you to see how you, as a unique being, you live with many complexities in your life, right? You don't live in a bubble. You have relationships. You may have a career. You may have a business. You may have a partner, maybe children, maybe pets. And when it comes to your skills, you might be someone who takes a little bit of time to kind of let information sink in before offering your opinions. Maybe you're an introvert like myself. And maybe... You don't like some kinds of foods or environments. All of these things, depending on the context, will impact how you take steps to change. They matter when you look at the change that you're trying to create in your life. This is why trying to copy somebody else may not always work. When someone gives you a plan and they're like, if you just follow this plan, you're going to be like me. No, unless the person is exactly as you, has all of your traits, has the same DNA and everything that makes you you, you cannot get the same results. They might be pretty similar, but they're not going to be the exact same. And I think this is good news for you because when you think about all of the things that make you you, you don't have to make those barriers, right? You can just acknowledge them and then apply a wider lens into what you may need to help you accomplish your goal the change that you want in your own way. I have a podcast episode coming up in a few weeks about this, but for this episode, I want to keep it simple. When you start looking at your life in this way, it changes how you perceive the challenges on your way to achieving your goal and becoming who you want and creating the life that you want. So for me, I think this is why coaching is so valuable because sometimes we're in too deep in our own brains that it takes someone else looking at our brains to help us come out of this. I have my own coach and every week I get coached and I learn something new and I'm like, oh, 
I didn't think about that, even though I'm a coach, right? I was telling my client the other day that it's almost like I'm a drone high up in the sky looking into a forest and she is in there and I can see all the possible routes that she can take to come out. But I let her tell me which way she wants to go. And my job is just to help her navigate every decision she makes. I help her navigate. I look at what her brain is saying. We work together. We figure out, is this good data or not? Is this relevant to who you're becoming or not? And then we work together until she's out of the forest. But the thing is, some of you don't even want to be in the forest. And even if you are, you don't want to ask for help. Because you're still believing in evidence, in data that is no longer relevant. Yes, you might probably have lots. You've been gathering them since you were a child and the world is telling you the same thing. That's okay. And I know that it feels very true. Believe me, I know this. This has been my experience too. It still is. This is why I go for coaching. This is why I ask my peers to coach me. So that I don't stay too long in the forest. I don't use data against myself. I don't sit in evidence paradox. So my loves, it's time. You've gathered all of the evidence that tells you that you're not worthy, that you're not smart or beautiful, that you don't have the right body, the right skin color, or whatever version of your not enoughness is. You've gathered all of that evidence. We're not going to fight that evidence. We're not going to argue with it. What we're going to do instead is to pose a new hypothesis that maybe you are enough. And we're going to test it because I believe that there is a world out there full of evidence that can show you that you're fully capable of becoming the woman that you want. So I'm going to invite you to dare to widen your scope. Because when you start looking for the evidence that you are enough, you're going to start to find that data to back it up. You're going to find data that's relevant. You're going to find data that's useful. You're going to find data that can be interpreted. And then the next best steps will start to reveal themselves to you. How fun is that? (laughs) I love you and I'm so excited for you. Try it out. Come find me and let me know what you think. Because yes, there'll always be evidence, but you get to decide. You're the scientist. You get to decide what you want to use that data for. Are you going to keep collecting? Are you going to find new data and test new things and try new things and have fun? Let me know. Have a beautiful week, my friends, and keep thriving. Thanks for hanging out with me. If you enjoyed this episode, I want you to take that work deeper and implement one thing that you learned this week. And if you'd like to take this work further, come work with me inside my coaching program. You can go to oliveandbliss.ca to learn all about me and how I can support you.